Come on, you're not excited to be in church this morning, eh? What a beautiful Sunday to come to church. Welcome to all our online viewers as well, Facebook, YouTube. So good to have you with us. Everybody in the building, welcome to church this morning. Come on, are you excited to be here? I'm super excited. I, I've had this word in my heart this whole week. I shared it on the first service. I just... I'm just gonna maybe take a different approach in how I share it, but I believe there's something that, in the second service, but I believe there's something that God wants to, to share with you this morning. It's more than a word, it's more than just a sermon. I believe there's something that God wants us to catch this morning, because I believe God is taking us somewhere. There's 19 of you that's excited. Come on, do you believe that God is taking us somewhere? Come on, are we ready to go wherever way God wants us to go? Maybe just before we start, any first-time visitors that's visiting for the first time, won't you just raise a hand? Anybody in church, come on, can we just welcome them? I see some hands there. Just wave at me if you're new for the first time. Welcome, welcome, good to have you with us. Very, very welcome. If you've got a Bible, won't you open your Bible, Mark chapter number nine. Mark chapter number nine. I'm gonna be reading from the message translation. I actually just wanna share one or two short scriptures. But before I do that, I wanna share just uh, a picture, a prophetic picture with you this morning. Can I do that? Okay, there's seven of you that says yes. I'm gonna do it anyway, is that okay? Empowered Church, I know it's very hot on this beautiful summer's morning. And I know during um, uh, our beautiful um, power interruptions, we can't run our aircons full steam, but you, would you bear with me for the next three to four hours? And I promise to have you out of here at like three, is that okay? Okay. <laughs> I, want, I want you to be expectant for what God wants to do in your life this morning. You know, there's, 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 there's this there's this beauty about God. There's many beauties. One of the beauties that I adore most about Him is that He is a God that I cannot explain. I cannot predict Him. I, I, I'm not always sure exactly what He's gonna do and that's what I love about Him. Because sometimes as people, I mean, we would like to box God to act in a way that we would want Him to act. But the fact is He's God and He can do anything in any given moment. The reason I'm saying that is this can be the day where God does something for you that you've been praying for, trusting for, believing for, for weeks, months, years. I want you to have an expectation that God wants to speak to you this morning. Is that okay? So can I share this picture with you? As I was praying in run up to today, I saw this picture of this big public swimming pool and this diving board. Who of you have ever been on a diving board? Just show me a raise of hands. Not a lot of you. Okay, the brave. I've been on one of those diving boards. If you've ever been to some of these pools, you get one that's a meter high, one that's three meters high, and then they go higher from there. I've been on the three meter one as well. And um, if you haven't been on one, I'm sure you would have seen it somewhere on TV or a Facebook stream, how people would take a, 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 like a, a run and then they jump on their diving board and then they do their maneuver. I thought to ask Rehard, he's always the guy that does my props to come and do something for us this morning, but I thought maybe not this morning, is that okay? Okay, I would have loved to see what, what he does, but anyway. And, and then they, they, they do this maneuver and then they dive into the pool. Everybody with me, you get the picture? I believe that's what 2023 and our run up to 2023 looks like. Let me explain. 
I believe that we're going to be diving into some stuff next year. And we don't quite know what we're diving into. I, 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 I myself don't know exactly what 23 is going to hold. I think there's going to be some serious challenges in the year. But one thing that I can tell you that the Lord has said to me is next year will be a year where the believer will shine in glory. <laughs> I tell you, the darker the world and the challenges around us becomes, the more our light can shine. It's not saying it will shine, but the better it can shine. And God's gonna be launching some people into some stuff. And for some of us, it might feel like we're diving from a, a diving board into the unknown. But I tell you now, the reason I'm sharing that is because I believe, it's what the Lord has said to me, that December, meaning we're in December, the fourth today, three weeks away from Christmas, the month of December, is like that final jump on that board. And for any diver that's here would agree with me, that final jump, the way you position yourself on that board, the momentum you gain in jumping from that board has got a lot to do with how successful your jump into that pool will be. And the reason I'm sharing that is because I believe that God wants us to launch ourselves into what He has for us for now so that He can launch us into what He has for us for 2023. Come on, I'm not still sure if I'm speaking to the right church. Is there anybody that wants to be launched into something new in their lives? Come on. If I, if I say something this morning that moves you, say amen or just shout hallelujah. High five a neighbor. If it, if it moves your neighbor, say amen on his behalf. Is that all right? But let the word of the Lord move you this morning because I believe the worst thing that we can do is to go into December without movement. I tell you now, the worst thing that you can do going into this month of December is to now start catching up on your Netflix series, just park out on the beach and have a tan, eat yourself to another five kilograms in weight up into January. That's the worst thing you can do. And I'm not saying don't have an awesome time with friends and have a holiday. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can't now shrink back you can't now just become passive. I tell you now, listen to what I'm saying to you this morning. December has got everything to do with how you are launched into 2023. And you have the opportunity to launch yourself <laughs> into something, thank you, Aiden, into something incredible. And I, I'm just at a place where I'm saying, God, whatever you have planned for me and for my family, I'm just diving into that head first. I'm just diving into that head first this year. Online, are you ready for what God wants to do? Come on, if I speak and something moves, you just quite fire emojis, uh, little diving boards, water splashing, doesn't matter. But let's be excited for what God wants to share. So I just wanna share uh, maybe a quick reference of scripture. And then we're gonna just go with what God wants to do this morning. So the scripture that's been in my heart this whole week is Mark chapter number nine. And it's a very well-known story. It's the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. And, and, and listen to what it reads in the message. It's just in the message, it's just, it, it says it so beautifully. Jesus speaking, verse one, he says, some of you standing here are going to see it happen. Our question might be, oh, well, what, are, what are we gonna see happen? And then Jesus says exactly what they will see you will see the kingdom of God arrive in full force. I prophesy over your lives today that some of you seated here, my prayer is that all of you seated here will see the glory of God manifest in your life in full force. 
that the goodness and the power of God will manifest, will be visible through your life in full force as we go into 2023. Come on, I'm not sure if I'm still speaking to the right people. There's like 14 of you that's excited. I am so excited because I believe that God is busy doing something. And, and please catch this before we continue. There's a difference between me doing something and God doing something. You see, I can do something and be stopped, but there's no force in hell that can stop what God is busy doing. <laughs> uh, you see, I can try in my own strength and fail, but I cannot go with God and He fails. It's impossible for Him to fail. I, I, I tell you the truth, some of you, the stuff that you've been praying for, believing for, trusting for, if you will go with what God is busy doing, you will see it in 2023. Please don't let this be another, okay, end of the year, going to the new year message for you. It's not. There's a divine shift. For those of you that's been journeying with us for the last couple of weeks, months, will know that there's been a divine shift in Empower Church. There's been a divine shift taking place. God's been doing things that He's never done before. We've seen Him move in ways that we've never seen before. There's something happening. God is busy doing something. And for all of us, if we would just fine tune our spiritual senses to the leading and the moving of the Holy Spirit, every single one of you in this place will agree with me today that something is busy shifting. I said it in the first service, for any mother that's given birth in, that's here today will know that when that baby is about to arrive, you know exactly it's about to arrive. It's not like, you know, yo, I'm feeling something here and then all of a sudden, you know, baby's born. Those cramps that starts, those, those contractions that starts indicates to you that something is about to happen. And those, those, those contractions get to a, a stage, I know, because I was, I was the driver where your wife says to you, baby, start the car, start it now. And then you know, we're not gonna first just go and you know, water the garden and check, you know, if, no, it's the time to move because baby is coming. And I tell you now, there's something that's about to be birthed in the Spirit. How do we know that? Because over the last two, three years, if we look at the world around us, there's been these birth pains, these contractions that we've all seen. COVID-19 was just a part of it. There's birth pains, there's contractions. Some of you are battling things in your own life currently that you've never battled before. Some of you are seeing onslaughts, you've never seen it before. Some of you are experiencing opposition, you've never experienced it before. It's because you're about to give birth to something that you've never given birth to before. I tell you, that's a word for you. If we observe creation, Romans chapter number eight, we will see that the whole of creation awaits for what God is about to do. And it's not just because I'm saying so this morning. It's been prophesied thousands of years ago. Come on, we all know the scripture. Joel, the prophet, he said, there will be an outpouring that comes. Free translation. A latter rain that comes. And that outpouring will not just be on the elite men and women of God as we've seen over the last couple of decades. That outpouring will take place on every single believer. It, it includes you, by the way. Every single believer, the Spirit of God, if you say, God, here am I, 
pour it out upon me, you will see the Spirit of God being poured out upon your life like you've never seen before. God wants to manifest Himself, His glory through your life. And I'm gonna share with you one thing, probably one of the most um, devastating things that I believe keeps believers from entering in what God wants them to enter into. And then we're gonna trust God for a release of something to take place this morning. Is that all right? That was my introduction, by the way. Okay. I'm gonna gonna keep this short. So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, and He takes them up this mountain with Him. And upon this mountain, as they reach the top, Jesus is transfigured in front of their eyes. A transfiguration that takes place. If we look at that word transfiguration, it speaks of an outward change that took place, meaning there was a visible evidence of how Jesus looked. The glory of God became visible upon him, something they could see with their natural eyes. That is what I believe God wants to do in the life of the believer, that things will change visibly in your life, that there will be a visible evidence that things have shifted, a visible evidence that things have moved, a visible evidence in every area of your life, that people will look at you and see the glory of God manifested upon your life the presence of God manifested on your life. That people will look at you and say, but aren't you the guy that, you know, just had a small little peanut shop around the corner? And then you stand as a multi-millionaire businessman. I'm just using an example. Aren't you the man uh, that just sat there at the back that's now laying hands on the sick and seeing them recovered? Aren't you the man that's been, come on, is there anybody that's got an expectation for God to move in your life? Here's the good news is He wants to move in your life. I don't have to try and convince God, please do something in my life. It's His desire. So Jesus takes them up there, He's transfigured. That word transfigured is the word metamorpho. Metamorpho. Metamorpho means there's an inward change that results in an outward evidence of change. Something happens inside and it becomes visible outside. Metamorpho like a little caterpillar that climbs into this little cocoon and inside something happens. We can't see it with our natural eyes, but something happens in there. And then when that cocoon opens, that butterfly comes out there. It's the best way that I can explain the word metamorpho. And God wants to reveal you to this world. He wants to show you in glory. He wants to show you to the world that no, she wasn't foolish when she trusted me when she had it nothing because I am the provider that gives her everything. No, he wasn't foolish when he trusted me for healing because I am the God that is able to bring healing. No, he wasn't foolish when he trusted me for breakthrough because I am the God of breakthrough. God wants to reveal himself, transfiguration, metamorpho through your life. But there's an inner change that God desires from us. And that again in itself is not something that I have to do. It's just something that I have to allow. That's the grace of God. Is that God says, I want to take you into the new. And all you have to do is just say, yes, Lord. That's as easy as change in the kingdom of God. God will do everything through your life. He just wants you to surrender. Yes, Lord, do it. And there's many things that I believe that God wants to transform in our hearts. 
in our minds, in our lives. And for the next two, three weeks, we're gonna be looking at some things, some things that will position us to take that into the near. And if, 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 if I'm not gonna deal with stuff in my own life that keeps me from transforming, I'm, I'm gonna be like that guy that, and then whoop, whoop, and, and then we just belly flop into 2023. And I tell you now, there's believers that will belly flop into the new. They're gonna splash, it's gonna look like chaos. Where God wanted them to enter into that 2023 with fire, with passion, with zeal, with the glory of God manifesting through their lives. So the one thing that I believe more than anything that will steal from you the ability to launch into the new is exactly the symbolism that we see in Mark chapter number nine. Jesus is transfigured and then two men appears there, Moses and Elijah. Moses is a symbolic picture of the law. Elijah's symbolic picture of the prophets, the law and the prophets. Jesus himself said, I did not come to do away with the Old Testament law and prophets. I come to fulfill it. The law is not bad. The prophets is not bad. Jesus is the fulfillment of it. But let me remind you this morning that if I live my life under the law or I live my life according to the mediating of man without Jesus, it's the very thing that will steal from me the ability to launch myself into anything that God has for me. The two things that births religion. And can I just say, religion even though Christianity might be viewed as a religion, it's not a religion. This is all about relationship. It's the only religion out there where it's not about people looking for a God, it's about a God that came looking for people. It's not about what I can do to find myself in right standing with God. It's what God has done so that I can be in right standing with Him. It's an upside down kingdom. It's a religion like no other because it's a relationship. That is the defining thing that will move you into anything and everything that God has for you. It's really you can understand that God has called you to relationship, not religion. The law, the works of man, self-effort, it cannot get you anywhere. Whatever I do is done because of Christ, not to attain anything in Christ. The mediating of man, how God uses people in my life. If that's the source of life, I am missing the boat. If you come to church to try and receive something from God that you cannot receive from Him at home, you are already trapped in religion. If you desire me to give you a word today that you cannot get from God, you are in religion. And allow me to offend you this morning with all humility and love this morning. But I choose in this morning to speak to you truth because truth, I asked the Lord in this, in this week, God, what breaks the power of religion over people? And the Lord spoke to me immediately and He said, just truth. Truth breaks the power of religion. Do you know that you can't cast out religion out of a person? Come, I'm not sure if... If you're all with me, sir, you can't cast a spirit of religion out because religion is not a spirit. <laughs> it's not a spirit. Religion is not a spirit. Satan will not enter a man and make him religious. Religion is not a spirit. Religion is the ways of man, a culture 
that's been formed by the demonic powers at work that keeps people captive. It's thought patterns, it's the attitudes of hearts, it's our, it's our mindsets that becomes a, 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 a system in which we find ourselves. You can't cast religion out of somebody. It's truth that sets you free. And this morning I choose to speak the truth to you because I have seen how religion steals from people the very passion and purpose that God has for their lives. I believe there's nothing more powerful against the purposes of God for your life than religion. Then when you find your, can we just remind ourselves who put Jesus on the cross? Was it the Satanists? It was the religious. It was the religious that crucified him. It's the religious that crucifies us, but not on the cross of Calvary, our own crosses. And we think we are doing Christ a favor to do all these human efforts and works and, and try in our own strength. I'm God, I'm doing this and I'm trying this. I tell you so many things that people are struggling with that they're trying to do and they can't get right this because God never asked you to do it because He's done it all. And we have to step into the finished work of Christ. He hanged on that cross, he said, it is finished. Don't crucify yourself. Come on, all you need to do is just say, I die with him, boom. And if you have died, he says, Romans chapter number six, you will live with him. It's him that lives through me, it's not me that live anymore. Works of man the mediating of man, both of them incredibly powerful if it's done in Christ, both of them absolutely deadly if it's done outside of Christ. I tell you, there's many believers that cannot live their lives in relationship with God. They live their lives based on the lives of other people. Many people that find recognition and affirmation in the words of people. You see them, they get a prophetic word, they're on fire for like a month. And then they know it. Then they feel like, I don't know if I'm saved anymore. I don't know if I wanted this or this or this. And then somebody encourages again and then we're doing good again. And then you get another word and then we're good again. If I live my life driven by the words and the affirmations and the mediating of man, I'm not living life. It's all about Jesus. If this word that I speak to you today does not testify in your own heart to what Christ is saying to you, then what is it testifying to? Come on, if that's what you do, even the godly things, the reading the Bible, the praying, the fasting, if it's done in your own human effort to try and attain something before God, then what are you doing? We're missing the boat. I tell you now, the one thing that the enemy will keep more believers trapped with in 2023 than anything else is he will keep them trapped with themselves. He will keep you trapped in yourself. When life is so about you, even the godliness of you, that you miss Jesus. In that moment, the, on that Mount of Transfiguration, the heavens open, the Father speaks, 
This time he's not speaking to Jesus. This time he's speaking to Peter, James, and John, to us. He's saying, this is my son. Listen to him. Not listen to Facebook. Listen to this. Listen to your friend. Listen to that. Listen to him. Some of you, you've got this diving board ahead of you, the clearest water that God wants you to just leap into. But the very thing that keeps you on the head of that diving board and you're never entering into it is you. It's you. Loosen yourself from all forms of religion in this day and love God. Give everything to Jesus. You know what happened? Can we look at the scripture? Listen to this. Cloud open, the Father speak. This is my son, marked by my love. Marked by what? Marked by my love. Not marked by his works. Not marked by the accuracy of his prophecy. Not marked by how good he is to people. Not marked by how hard he works. He's marked by my love. Not marked by how much he gives. Not marked by anything else. He's marked by my love. It's my love that defines him as my son. It's my love that positions him to live in power as my son. Listen to him. Listen to this. Then it says, the next minute, the disciples were looking around, rubbing their eyes, seeing nothing but Jesus. Only Jesus. That, that is the word for every believer. That is what Jesus wants you to hear this morning. That there's nothing in this life more important. There's nothing of more of a guiding power. There's nothing that has greater power in your life to establish you than Jesus. Just Jesus. If it's all about Jesus, then the works the keeping of the law does not become a religious effort. It's the outflow of my love. I want to be obedient to His Word because I love Him. I love my wife. There's things that she doesn't like. I don't do that. Why? Because I don't want to grieve her. I love my wife. Why is it so difficult to understand that God loves us? And if He loves us and I love Him, there's just things that I don't do anymore. And there's things that I do. Why? Because I love Him and I understand that love. It's not out of religious effort anymore. It's just a response of love. Then the mediating of man, the advice, the prophetic words, the input of people. It's not what defines me. It's not what guides me. It's God. It's His love for me that guides me. Every word of prophecy, every input, every hug, every bit of support, it's just an add-on to what Christ is doing. It was on that mountain where Jesus showed them, I am the highest authority. You can't live your life based on the works of the prophet or your own human effort anymore. No, 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 it's about me. I am the fulfillment of that. And God wants to break the power of religion, the power of human effort over our lives. And you might sit here this morning saying, no, Eric, yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not religious. I thought so as well. But I tell you, in all of our lives, there's evidences of religion. 
I said to you earlier, religion is a system in which most of us grew up in. <laughs> it's a system. I tell you, there's some things that that four-year-old boy will do that none of you will do. I'll, I'll stand four meters away and ask him to jump and he'll jump. You'll say it's impossible. He won't make it exactly, but he believes if I say come, he can come. Because he's not been trained in a system of religion to doubt the power, the work, and the goodness of God in his life. But none of you, if you stand here and I stand four meters away, will jump if I say jump. Some of you would be like, you're not even gonna catch me if you catch me. That's how we've been, we've been grown, we've been, we've been schooled in a system of religion. A form of godliness. But it's lacking the power to live a life of glory. Can I share some thoughts with you this morning? Just one or two um, things that points us to what religion looks like. Is that, we've got some time. I said three, so we've got plenty of time. Is that okay? I'm coming in for a landing, but let me share some. I didn't do this in the first service to length because we just didn't have time. This is some of the evidences of religion. And, and what I'm not trying to do this morning is to try and point out failures in your life. No, what I'm trying to do this morning is to show you that there might be areas in your life that's, that's standing on this side of the diving board. And the sad reality is many people will stand on this side of the diving board for the next 30 years of their life. They'll never launch themselves into what God has for them. Because of this, the religious spirit is what keeps people bound more than anything else. Listen to this, religious spirit, how do I see that? Well, often a person, I say religious spirit, this being said, it's not a spirit. The, re, the religious evidences in a, in a person's life. The religious, the way that we see religion in a person life, person's life is often a person that feels he's got a mission to tear down what he believes is wrong. If you, I don't agree with you, your culture, your view, I don't agree with how you do things, see things, believe things. I've got the power to tear you down in word more than anything else. Unable to take a rebuke or input or correction, especially from those that he might judge as less spiritual than himself. I wanna say to you, sir, ma'am, if you can't take input from your children, and I'm not saying let your children run the house. I'm saying if you're not open that God can speak to you through your child, then you're trapped in religion. You've elevated yourself into something that you're not. It's having a philosophy that will not listen to men, but only to God. I've seen these shirts, only God can judge me. No, you've already judged yourself. It's when I can't take input, only God will speak to me. It's like when you speak to people and say, come to church. No, 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 yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm church, I'm the church. God speaks to me. No, that's religion. Inclined to see more what is wrong with other people than to see what is right. If you're constantly seeing the negative in other people, the negative in the church, ah, oh, the worship wasn't lacking, ah, oh, the lights, now oh, no, the aircons weren't lacking working today, it's hot, now this, now that, now the parking attendant, look at this, come on. If you're always finding fault with people, it's an evidence that you're living your life trapped in religion. The works of man, you've become the center of your own life. People that are subjected to an overwhelming sense of guilt, you feel you just cannot measure up to the standards of God. The reality is you can't. That's why he said Jesus. 
Because you can't. You'll never be perfect to keep the law. That's why he sent Jesus. But in Christ, I'm able to live a life of holiness. In my own effort, I'll never be. People that keep score on his spiritual life, you tick the boxes. Okay, I've read my Bible. Ooh, I didn't read my Bible this morning. Okay, quickly going to read my Bible. Otherwise, you feel guilty. I read my Bible. I prayed. Okay, I gave my tithe. I this, I this, I this. I tick the boxes. That's religion. People that take pride in spiritual maturity and their spiritual disciplines and compare themselves to others. If you look down on others, if you measure yourself and your spiritual maturity and what you do for God against other people, you're in religion. You're standing on the edge of that, on the backside of that diving board, you're not diving into anything. People that have a mechanical prayer life or mechanical way in which they love God. Meaning methods, 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 formulas, techniques. You pray, okay, we pray like this. Father, thank you for the food. Blessed our bodies, Jesus' name. Tomorrow we eat again. Father, thank you for the food. Blessed our bodies, Jesus' name. In the morning when you pray, Father, this, uh, thank you for the day. Father, pray for this, pray for this. Amen. Father, thank you for this day. Pray for this, pray for this. Amen. If that's your spiritual life, you're in religion. You're not in relationship. If I speak to my wife like that every day, Father, no, no, Lani, thank you for the day. Thank you for this, thank you for food. By day two, she'd be like, what's wrong with you, man? Come on. Many people come to church, this is my style of worship. You know, I don't lift your hands, I just lift it like this. Says who, man? Come on, can I, can we talk honestly this morning? Is that okay? No, it's my way. No, this is my way that I pray. No, this is my way that I read the Bible. This is my way that I do this. This is my way that I do that. This is my way that I raise my children. Come on, your way might be wrong. Or maybe your way needs refining. I tell you now, you can just look at how people worship and you can see where they are in their relationship with God. Spirit of God will be moving in this place. People will be lying over the floor, crying before God, having encounters that changes them forever. Then the guy next to them just stands like this. Where are you with God? Why are you at church? I mean it with all the love and humility that I can. Why are you here? God didn't call you to church to come and religiously um, try and appease Him with your efforts. He brought you here that you can come and love Him in His house. This is the Father's house. Come here to love Him. Come here to love Him. Forget about your neighbor, your status. I'm the big CEO. No, I can't go down on my knees. I can't cry in church. Can't lift my hands. What will people think? It doesn't matter what people think. It's all about him, what he thinks of me. If you're still trying to please people, you're not pleasing God. Met a gentleman the other day. I haven't seen you in church. He says, no, no, I've been there. I said, no, I haven't seen you. He says, no, I come after worship. Why are we speaking on it, friends? Can we just, can we have honor in the house of God when we, when we, when we come to the house of God? And I'm, I'm not saying if you're late and there's a challenge. I know some, many people use public transport. I've got understanding. But you can't rock up here like 45 minutes into the service park at the back and think you're pleasing God. Forgive me this morning, I'm speaking the truth. Come on, if you've got a meeting with your boss and it's eight o'clock, you're there eight o'clock. Otherwise you lost your job. 
But we come to the house of God, lackadaisical. I walk in here, service is almost over. I just parked at the back. I fold my arms. What are you doing here? Please forgive me this morning, but I'm being honest. What are you doing here? Come to love Him, man. You come to love you. You, you come with a, a meeting with the, with the God of the universe. The creator of heaven and earth. The one that gave you life. The breath in your lungs. He gave it to you. When you come to his house, come with reverence. Come on, come with honor. Come with love. When I come to the house of God, I prepare my heart. Because I'm going to be meeting with God. I don't come here because I'm just going to hear a sermon. I come here because I'm going to meet with my father. Abba, my dad, I'm going to meet him today. The Spirit of God will move in and through my life. I'm so expectant every time I come. Not just when I minister. Even in my offering, I come. I prepare an offering before I come. Time of giving comes. I'm not just looking for a saint or something in my back pocket. I, I come to the house of the Lord with reverence in my heart. Please hear my heart this morning. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to speak the truth to you. This is God we're talking about. It's not your friend at the, the golf club that you're meeting for a game of golf. But religion... Religion is what births that attitude in people. Because it's about me. My timing. How long it takes me to put on makeup. How comfortable I am in what time I leave my house. If you come to God's house, it's about Him. It's not about you. I come to love Him. So can we just say that to one another when we come to the Father's house, let's, let's come with love expectation is everybody still okay please don't scratch my car the religious do things in order to be noticed by men will use emotionalism as a substitute for the work of the Holy Spirit they encourage when his or her ministry looks better than the ministry of others. We focus more on what God has done in the past than what we do in the present. Can I just give you my picture of, 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 of religion that summarizes it so good to me. Religion is like a snapshot of God. It's like a photo of God. Let's say on this phone of mine, I've got a, I've got a, a, a background image which is a photo of God. And every now and then I take out the photo and I look at God and then I put my phone away again. And when I talk to people about God, I say, oh, you remember 2005 when I got saved? The image of God. You remember when I got baptized, 2008? You remember when that happened and God did that in my life, 2000 and whatever? But my life is based on snap images of God. Where the, the person living in relationship with God, it's like somebody living in a movie. My life is not based on, on snap images of God. My life is based on a continual life that I have with Him. Come on, if your life is, 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 is based on what God has done in 2000 and that, 
and when you got saved in 2000 and that, and the day you heard God vo God's voice in 2013, I'm telling you that you're missing the invitation of God in your life. The invitation is that you can live with God every single day in personal relationship. <laughs> in personal relationship. That's the invitation. I'm hastening to finish. The religious focuses on small commands so that they can avoid the big ones. It's when people become um, all focused on, yeah, you know, smoking and drinking, but I'm, 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 it's fine if I walk around with unforgiveness in my heart. Yeah, the person in, at, at work, you know, he swears a lot, but I walk around with slander and gossip in my life. It's when we, we find the little faults and I'm, I'm, I'm all willing to align myself to the little commands in Scripture, but the big ones, the ones that has the power to send me to hell, those are the commands that I just try and duck and dive and I find gray areas in my life so that I can live my life in a way that, that sort of pleases God, but it doesn't, it only pleases me. You see, the moment you start to negotiate Scripture, you're already in religion. Can I say that again? The moment you negotiate scripture, you're already in religion. When you say, yeah, but the Bible, yeah, but. That's, that's one thing the religious love to say, yeah, but. Yeah, but. But why? Because religion always argues. Religion always argues. Yes, but. Restore your marriage. Yes, Lord, but. Ask your wife for forgiveness. Lord, but. Uh, Come on, start that new business. But, but Lord, I'm not, but, but, but. It's the buts. That's the evidence of the religious in our lives. I cannot argue with God. I cannot argue with God. The father spoke. He said, this is my son whom I'm loved. It's, he's marked by my love. Listen to him. Whatever God says, that's what you've got to be doing. Some of you are seated here this morning and you're waiting for God to speak to you and He's not saying anything. You know why He's not saying anything? It's because you haven't been obedient to the last thing that He said. <laughs> Quick testimony. My wife and myself, we love fasting. Uh, and I'm not saying this to try and impress everybody. We just love taking a day in a week and to fast together. Even if it's just for half a day or the just till the evening, whatever. But just that, that lifestyle of fasting, we believe is incredibly important in the life of the believer. And I think it was Monday, my wife said to me, we actually haven't fasted in a, in a week or two. Um, what if we fast, you know, this coming, you know, we do a fast again in this week. I said, baby, I love it. What about Thursday? Because Thursday has, has been one of the key fasting days for us. Just get, hang with me, I'll explain in a moment. So I said, lacquer, Thursday is great. So Thursday, the day turns out that I've got the morning open. I've got a couple of personal things to do. I've got my wife with me. And the first thing that I think about as we're about to leave the house, I'm like, we are gonna have a lacquer breakfast now. Can't wait for that cappuccino with my baby. And then we're gonna head into our day, do our stuff and all lacquer. And as we're in the car and I can taste that cappuccino in my mouth, Courtney says to me, it's our day of fasting today, eh? And I've just got to be honest with you, in that moment, the first thing that happened is I started arguing in myself. 
And we've said to one another many years ago, the moment we start to argue, we know that God has spoken. If we sit in church and God prompts our hearts to sow a significant seed or to bless somebody financially and I start to argue, you can know it's God. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. It's when God starts speaking and you, you're negotiating. Your Lord, how much? Three. Your 3,000 rand. Your God, I've only got four. What if I just give one and a half? You, you catch what I'm saying? In that moment, that's the religion that creeps in there. To say, no man, negotiate with the word of the Lord. Negotiate your way through what God wants and expects and desires for your life. I tell you now, that's why so many people in this life are walking in the lesser and not in the fuller. It's because, oh my goodness, this is the most amazing spot on the stage. This aircon is blowing right down on me. I'm just gonna park, keep the camera here. You can just lock it. I'm just gonna be standing preaching from here for the rest of the morning. Many a people, because they have negotiated can I share a quick story? Is that okay? I sat with a gentleman not too long ago, three, four weeks ago. And he's finding himself in incredible financial strain. Heavy strain. And about two years ago, I had a conversation with him. And I said to him, my friend, take this for what it is. It's not coming from me. It's the word of the Lord. If you would respond in obedience and start to give unto God, you will see the heavens open above your life. It's not because I say so. It's not because you're giving to me. I, that seed will never see me or this church. I'm telling you, it's the command in Scripture. It's the instruction in His Word. Just be obedient, sow that seed, give to God what is His, and you will see. God Himself says, I will open up the heavens above your life. And He did not respond in obedience. And I met Him two, three weeks ago, and I said to Him, my boot, I've got nothing to say to you. I said, but here's groceries and whatever I can give you to help you, but I want to say to you today, there's no word of encouragement. There's nothing I can tell you more than what I've told you two years ago. And the moment you decide to be obedient to His word, you will see things change in your finances. Many people are walking around, and I say this with great humility, you're walking around broke, and it's because you are negotiating with God. But God, on your finances, please stop doing it. Please stop doing it. I'm not saying it for, your, for my sake, for the church's sake. Every time where God speaks about finances in Scripture, He says it for your sake. And every person in this place that have stepped out in obedience in the area of giving will testify the moment you do that, everything changes in your life. Why? Because God is the one that honors His word. He's a waar maker van sy woord. And if you're here and you're struggling financially, don't launch yourself into 2023 in brokenness or being broke. Come on, God says He's the God that is able to supply in all of your needs. Just trust Him. Take that leap of faith. Take that, that jump into the unknown and see how He comes through for you. The last thing that I want to leave with you regarding religion, and then I'm closing, is religion is all about people. Religion is about the ways of man. And what religion does is it keeps you focused on you. Wherever there's comparison, wherever there's jealousy, wherever there's fear of man, there's religion. If you see today this morning and you are afraid of people, if you fear your boss, 
If you fear your husband, you are living in religion. And I say this with great humility, God is not angry at you. He wants to lift you today out of that. He wants to lift you out of the, the, the powers of religion in your life. But He knows the only way that you'll be able to do it is you've got to surrender to Jesus. Friends, it's, it's all about allowing that inner transformation in myself so that God can bring a outer transfiguration through my life. Can I come down? Is that okay? Worship team, won't you join us? If I come down, it's normally symbolic of a landing that's taking place in the sermon as well. Aiden is laughing because he knows that often it's a long landing, but it's a big Boeing 747 that needs to touch down. Can't land this thing quickly, but I'm coming in for a landing. Are you also okay? Friends, I want to summarize. There's an invitation from Jesus. Same invitation that went out to Peter, James, and John goes out to you today to given to Danny, to Rehard, to Lorena, to Shaw, every single one of you. The invitation goes out. Come, come with me. Come climb this mountain with me. I'm not here this morning to tell you, just raise your hands and I'll quickly impart to you and problem solved. It doesn't work that way. There's an invitation for you to come up the mountain. The Bible says it was a steep mountain. Some of you might feel like, I don't know if I've got the strength to climb. I'm not sure if I'm ready to adjust my ways to align with the ways of God. I tell you now, Peter, James and John, when they came down the mountain, never looked back on that moment in their life and said, I just wish I stayed with the other nine down at the mountain. It's such a heavy climb. Looking back on it, I wish I never did it. No. They forever look back and say, I'm so thankful that I climbed that mountain because I saw something transfigure before me that transfigured me. And if you can see the beauty of Jesus today, friends, everything in your life will be transfigured. If you can see the gospel for what it is, that it's actually good news, that Jesus requires nothing from you more than just to come with me. I will do by the sanctifying work of my Holy Spirit everything through you. I just want you to say yes, Lord. And it's because we have resisted God in areas of our lives. And, and can I just say, please catch this. You might say, no, 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 I've said yes to, Lord, to the Lord. But if you have not said yes in every area, you've not said yes. You might sit here this morning saying, Eric, yes, I've heard this, you know, these shifts and transition, you know, old year, new year sermons. Listen, if that's your thought, then you're also stuck in religion. And I say that with great humility. Because God can use any stick. Pastor Carl used to say, I can a krom stok gebruik om my regheid uit te slaan. God can use a skew stick to hit something straight in your life. And you might say, this is an old stick, I've heard it before. 
and you might just miss out on what God wants to do in your life. Listen to what I'm saying and I wanna say it again. Friends, if you have not said yes to God in every area of your life, you have not said yes. Then you are still trying in your own strength. One for the middle, one for the side. I'm doing a last one because this is the defining thing that you will have to remember today. You might say, Eric, I've said yes to God. I'm in church. I've given my life to Him. I'm in a life group. I'm a this. If you have not surrendered every area of your life, you have not given Him the full right of your life. And you might be like, yeah, but it's, it's just that area or it's just a small little thing. It's just the fact that you're saying that means that religion still has a hold on your life. And you're still standing on the back of that diving board trying to negotiate the next move of your life. And God doesn't want you to negotiate the next move of your life. He wants you just to surrender. So if that's you this morning, won't you respond as well? If you have been negotiating the next move of your life, if there's areas of your life, it might not even be sin, it might just be areas where you're saying, yeah, but God, but, but that, Jesus, but, yes, I know I'm angry at my wife, but she did that. Yes, I know I'm not giving my tithe, but Lord, you know this, but, but, if that's you, respond this morning. Respond to the word of the Lord this morning. Come on. This can be the day where He rids you of every form of religion in your life. If you respond today, this will be the day where He rids you of every form of religion.